0: So what an what a amazing testimony, what an amazing testimony that was. Um, I, want us to, I want to talk today, we back into Exodus 33 and I want to come back to that, to that story that, that we're hearing um, this morning in the context of knowing the ways of God. So I don't know if we've got the, the Bible verses or turn in your Bible to Exodus 33, find that, stick your finger in there or... Get it up on your your tablet or whatever your device you 're using and and before we get into that, I just want to give you a quick update on some things we 're doing as a leadership team uh, <clears throat> because stuff is coming in the new year we 're going to be launching uh, a number of things we have been working hard uh, on restructuring. How we function in order to open out what we 're doing and reflect more uh, our conviction about the gifts that are in this church, and also because we 're growing, we actually have a structure that isn 't working it's It worked all right when we were we were smaller, so we are we are restructuring we have been working hard on something called a strategic plan please don 't dial out right now um, <laughs> Basically, we have, we have this massive heart to, to, to change the world, but it's, it's, that's a huge target. Yeah. And, and we have limited time, money, and resources, although that's growing all the time. We still don't... We have access to Infinite, but right now we've downloaded so much. And so we, we are trying to define what God is calling us to in this next season, all right? So we're going... Af, we're, going we're, we're, we're kind of getting our vision and getting our mission clear so we are understanding what our assignment is in this next season as well as the structure to get us there so we've been doing a lot of work on that and it's already helping us so in the new year we're going to be January February we're going to communicate that to the to the whole church and i think it's going to serve us and help us kind of actually zoom forward in all God has called us to do and it will get I know for some of you who are maybe newer here or have been around a while, for some it's not been easy for people to, they love our atmosphere but don't know how to connect. And we understand that that's not always been easy. We're, we're trusting that what the changes we're going to bring in are going to make that easier to connect. It's also going to make it easier to get your head around what is it we're, we're running after as a community. Um, <clears throat> so that that's what we were, we're doing that most of Saturday and we've spent two other Saturdays trying to get our head around that, plus a whole load of input from Danny Silk. Do you remember? Danny was here, Danny, Sherry, and and Bob, and Lauren. And as well as doing the conference, they sat us down and gave us, in a really good way, such a hard time all afternoon. And then they pulled me aside for a couple of hours and gave me a hard time (laughs) in a really good way, in a way that that encouraged me a lot, i.e., kind of getting us to sharpen our focus and use use better words that people can connect to. Um, so more of that is going to be coming your way. We've, we've been through the pain so that it won't be painful for you. All right. <laughs> Honestly, it was, quite, it was like, ah! Um, and, and maybe I'll, I'll say, say a bit more about that in, in the preach this morning as we're getting into this. So Exodus, remember that? Exodus 33. Uh, this is about Moses and verse 12. <clears throat> Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people, this people, but you have not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you've also found favour in my sight. Now note that that God God had told Moses that he had favour, that he was known and he had favor from God. Isn't that amazing? This is Exodus 33, starting at verse 12. Now therefore, if I, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. So he's then saying, wow, if I have favor, I'd like more. <laughs> Maybe what he's saying is I'm liking what I've got. Yeah, I'm, I'm after more. But he's realizing that he needs something. Show me your ways that I might increase in this favor. Show me your ways that I might have more favor. <clears throat> Consider too that this nation is your people. <laughs> That's a good word to anybody who leads anything. <laughs> Remember, Lord, this is your life group. <laughs> this is your children's ministry. This is your church. This is your huh? This is your supernatural school, Lord. Remember, Lord, this is something you gave me. Don't leave me on my own doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. The main way, the main way that it is known that we are not just a bunch of happy clappies <laughs> or we've exchanged the golf club for the religious club yeah. is the presence of God on your life. Yeah. And the presence of God with us and on us to, corporately. Yeah. And, and then and the, he's linking favor and presence. So he, he's, he's saying, if i found favour and if we're going to enjoy favour, then we're going to enjoy more presence. And, and I believe we're in this season where actually God wants to increase his presence and increase the favour on us as a community. And even the, the testimony that you're just hearing, isn't that, we're we going to land on that in a minute, but isn't that amazing that you could be worshipping and God is rebuking the devil? I just want want to spend a bit of time on this idea of of favor because we all have favor. When you come to Jesus and you put your faith in him, you immediately stand in favor forever. Romans chapter 5 tells us that we're rooted in favor. We stand in it. The first three verses are basically telling us that we stand in the favor of God. There is no more guilt. There is no more condemnation. That, that we actually are standing in the smile and the grace of our God. Amen. Favor is all over us. We are, in, we are connected to him. We are standing in the holy place. We're seated in heavenly places. Yes. All the things that we talk about to you about our identity is just ridiculous favor. Yes. And that, you, you, you all get that. As soon as you connect your faith to Jesus and he connects to you, yes. boom, yes. you're favored. And yet the Bible then has these verses that confuse me for years. It says things like in James that if God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. It says things like Jesus that he grew, this is the Son of God, that he grew in favor with God and with man. You're like, eh? Hey. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, the, what I'm saying is you stand in the favor of God in your relationship with him, but what he wants to do is increase the favor on your life for what you're doing in life. So doors open that shouldn't open. Ridiculous things happen to you just because He loves you, (laughs) and you're belonging to Him. And people around you go, "What is it with you guys? It's favour of God." They say things to you. Teresa has amazing favour in her life, and at various moments where we've bought houses, and she's walked into estate agents, they'll say things like, uh, "Fairly frequently, are you a psychic?" Because this is the only thing they know what to say. Because ju- they've just put the phone down and the property we wanted to buy has just come back on the market as she's walked in the door. Yes. That's favour. Yeah? Or, or our son our son Luke needed desperately to be able to live back in South Africa for a while while Luke and, and, and Claire, his wife, are sorting out their visa. He's had a job he, here in Paisley for two weeks. He walks in the office and asks his boss, by the way, you only just met me, but will you let me walk, work remotely for the next eight months from Durban? And he says, yes, that's favour. That, that makes no sense. Yeah? And, and on and on, we, you, you, you have stories. It's the, it's the door-opening favour of God. It's the empowering favour of God. You can walk out of exams with better marks than you really deserved. <laughs> the right questions were on the paper. You're like, these are the only ones I revise for. And he's like, yeah, I'm helping you out. <laughs> that is not an excuse for not working. That's, that actually happened to me. It's just so long ago now um, at university. But the reason it happened is I'd actually really given myself to certain things in terms of ministering for the Lord that co- I can remember walking past people's studies where their lights were on, and I'd just been to a Bible study or a prayer meeting, and they thinking I was mad. But I still got a better degree than I thought I was going to get, so I was happy. But that's favour, yeah, it it and it, I know that's happened to many of you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? We need favour to change a city. We need increased favour. We need these sort of stories you heard today to grow. David's, David's cry Moses cried David put it like this make known to me your ways and teach me your paths and it says in the Psalms that Israel he made known his ways to Moses but his acts to his people and, and actually something inside us is shifting where we start to want to know his ways not just observe his deeds observe his deeds all right So Moses is asking, I want to know your ways because I want to know you. I don't just want to be an observer of the things that you do. And in that process of increasing in the knowing of your ways, I know greater favor is going to be able to rest on my life from you. And greater presence is going to be in my life because of this. And therefore, greater things are going to happen in this nation because of you. God wants to increase the favor on this community and increase his presence on this community for the good of the community in which we live. So that there is less crime, there is more health, there is greater prosperity, there is more righteousness in government, there are more people getting saved than we know what to do. There is more healings, more miracles because the favor of God wants to increase in your life and through your life and in and through us as a community. And one way through... To, to that is that we become increasingly aware that we want to know his ways, not just observe, be observers of his deeds. All right? Very quiet today. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot to think about. Just starting, just warming up. If, if you're feeling cold, feel free to move around a little bit. We put the fan heaters on. Are they still going? Okay great that should help the corners are warm <laughs> um, so really knowing God is a, a, a big part of knowing God is knowing his ways ways are about the, the how and the why what's behind what you've seen him do what's he saying what's he doing what's he revealing why did he do it what's what's happening So we're hearing a story this morning of of an amazing thing happening. Well, what? what, Okay, is God? Are we going to sit there and go? Well, that's exciting. You know, this is okay. That's exciting. A bit, a bit like watching a great a great adventure movie. Do you know a really good movie just keeps you just keeps you on the edge of your seat because you're like, well, that was exciting. That car chase was really cool. Oh, I need something else exciting now. I've been waiting two minutes. It's now got dull. Nobody's got shot. Nobody's been blown up. This is a guy thing, okay? I know this is not a rom-com kind of movie. This is a guy kind of movie. So so you're like, wow, that... that <coughs> you have a few minutes of... Excuse me, plot development. but then you want something else exciting to happen. Yeah. But then you go to bed. It's not changed your life. Yeah? yeah? yeah. You are an observer of a bunch of events. That isn't meant to be how we treat the activity of God around us or to us. see, see God's not there for my, he's not there for my entertainment. <clears throat> no. He's not even there just to give me proofs to keep me a little bit more in faith. Oh God, if you do something amazing, i will gee me up today. He doesn't play to that tune. In fact, Jesus was asked to do miracles on that basis and refused many times. And yet we know he did so many miracles, the world couldn't contain the book. So he wasn't reluctant to do miracles. He was just reluctant to perform for people who wanted him to perform. Do, do you get me? Are you with me? Um, he's, he's not our butler, <laughs> He's the Lord, and and, uh, and, and uh, I I don't want to be like this. I don't want to have like a miracles and mighty deeds bucket list. Do you know what a bucket list is? It's things you want to do and see before you die. It's like yeah, blind eyes open, tick. Okay, let's do the next one. I'm not a collector of mighty stories. (coughs) See, all the things that we call strange and miraculous are, are, are just the expression of the normal God. He's not trying... To be strange, he's not even trying to be miraculous. Oh, thanks. He, he's actually just being him all the time. And I've started to realise that the way the way to maturity. is engaging properly with the experiences of the goodness of God. i never thought of it like this before, but if you want to grow, the milk of God is the experience of the goodness of God. So, yes, you need Bible knowledge. And and, and I think in next year and the years to come, we're going to we're going to lift that up again, because I think we love the Scripture, and Scripture is absolutely vital. The theology is really, really important, yes. so don't you to misunderstand. But you have a load of Bible knowledge with no Bible experience, you're still an infant. Yes. <clears throat> you can be jammed full of great theology, but if you've never experienced it, it doesn't make you mature. Yes. I'm going to give you a Bible verse, yes. because some of you are looking at me like, that can't be true. <laughs> 1 Peter 2 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander alike. Newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. And we've read into that the pure spiritual milk is the Bible. And I'm not saying the Bible isn't, but I'm just saying this verse doesn't say that. It says that you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I want to propose to you that pure spiritual milk is tasting, which is an experience, that the Lord is good. It's sucking on the goodness of God, the yummy goodness of heaven in such a way that it is affecting your life. So to not remain an infant requires us to process the experiences of God and heaven's invasion in a way that we get the nutrients out of them, yeah. rather than we're simply observing them as events that we're excited by, or confused by, or perplexed by, or discouraged by. Do, do, are you with me? i keep going, I'm assuming you're there. Yeah. Tasting the Lord and finding out what he's, what is he giving you in the moment? Being exposed to stories like this morning, being exposed to miracles in your life, being exposed in a community where we hear stories every week that God's healed something or healed somebody or done something amazing. God's starting to do that in your life. Those those aren't just events that we can then kind of tick off like, well, yeah, hey, I saw a headache healed. Actually, every time God does something like that, he's also communicating to you and the person that receives it some spiritual nutrients. He's, he's telling you something about him. If you want to know his ways, we have to train ourselves to stop, really value what he's doing, and, and start to ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me? What, what are the nutrients for me in this moment? What ways am I observing, am I being exposed to that I didn't know before? Let me give you an example. This this still happens with us, happens a bit less than it used to. Supernatural school probably happens the most. But people have (coughs) um, dramatic encounters with God, which means they get whacked and fall on the floor. Now, if you interview people who've had those encounters, many people will get up, and this has happened to me, and they have no idea what happened, other than they couldn't stand up anymore. You know the kind of thing I mean. So the Holy Spirit comes in power, boom, they're gone, they can't control their body anymore, they're out, and then you're like, wow, oh, that must have been amazing. Did you have a vision, or a dream, or a, a word from the Lord? Now some people do, but other people just Like, I don't know what happened. I'm just, like, overcome. What's going on? What there is, and then you can, because you don't, quote, know, you can immediately start to devalue the experience. But actually, for people who have grown up in our culture, not knowing is a valuable experience. The fact that God just did something to you that you don't understand, he's already showed you some of his ways. Yeah, just to be able to go there like, what the heck? I don't know what's going on. This is balmy. This is amazing. I'm feeling all this stuff that I can't understand. You're just getting in touch with his ways. He's all about messing you up for the rest of your life. Because he's all about showing you how much greater than you he is and how you he's not He's not in your box ever. Mm. So those things happening to us every now and again are actually good for us us Westerners who are very rational in their approach to life and like we like to know and understand. And then God kind of goes, boom, and you're like, eh, eh, (laughs) what was that? And you're like, it's just God, oh, oh, him, yeah, that's okay then. (laughs) He can do that to me, he has permission. He has permission to affect me in ways that I don't control and don't understand. And that helps keep me humble. Do you see what I mean? So I'm, rather than just saying, Oh, well, that happened, I didn't understand it, and moving on. I'm kind of camping on that moment and saying, what are you teaching me? And maybe the thing you're teaching me is it's okay to not know. I've just been overwhelmed by heaven. That's a good habit. Huh? You are quiet today. Come on. Yeah, yeah it's a good habit. <laughs> So here's some of his ways that, that I'm learning recently. All right, some, some vulnerability. God, God can answer your prayers in in ways that upset you. So like, I, here's here's my example, and if you don't watch, so so you like, He doesn't design it all so that just smoothly fits into your flow of expectation. You're crying out to God for stuff, and you want more, and, da, 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 and then the answer comes in a way or through a person that you don't like, or in a context that you don't understand. Yeah. You can miss your answer yeah, you if you don't understand His ways. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Danny Silk and Bob Hassan show up in our life, as they have done every well, Bob. Danny has every year for about three years do an amazing conference and then they, they sit down and, and one night over drinks Bob says to me a few things and I'm like and he's like, you know, I'm going to help you with this strategic plan and I'll be available to you and you're going to be accountable to me and da, 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 and I'm like I wake up and, and I'm outwardly going that would be wonderful Bob <laughs> that's so cool Bob thank you for your help Bob on the inside I'm like <laughs> and I go to bed overnight and I'm like I wake up in the morning and I'm a bit I'm a bit grumpy about this. <laughs> On the inside. And, and this is why I'm grumpy. It's like I've been asking God about the development of Hope Church and how we grow and how we manage growth and how we strategize and all these promises of being massive and all this. And I'm like, wow, this, God, help me, show me, give me the right leadership <laughs> answers. And what I'm expecting is, you know, an open heaven experience <laughs> where he where he just downloads all the answers for me or, or even his hand appears on the wall of my study and writes it all out. And then, then I, I come in here on a Sunday morning and say, I met the Lord this week and he, he wrote on the wall or, or, and then in this vision, and this is what we're going to do. This is the strategy. And it just... I got some businessman from California holding me accountable. I'm like... <laughs> It's not even Danny Silk. It's Bob Hassan. <laughs> Danny thinks Bob can do this better because he's done lots of strategic plans. So I'm all like, Pfft. I know none of you ever like this. I just woke you up, though. I can tell. <laughs> that, that, so I'm, I'm, I'm waking up, and it's a busy season. So, 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 so they're there the next day, and I'm waking up. I'm, I'm just getting this sort of sitting in bed. A very quick prayer, oh Jesus, you know, come help me today, and and he he just says to me, he says, you've been crying out for this. I've just sent you world class people, and you're in a grump. Get over it and get on with it. You see, God sends. Sends his answers to you through people. He doesn't always just sort of go, open here. Sometimes that happens, it's wonderful. But yeah. he makes us dependent on one another. Yeah, uh, so that's one of his ways. How are you doing with that one? Yeah. Uh, that, that's current for me. Yeah. Are, are you happy? Yeah. You could be surprised by what he does. <laughs> I want to talk about observing miracles. We've, we've, I keep touching on this, but I think it's so important. I don't think we understand that seeing and hearing about miracles introduces accountability. So Matthew eleven twenty says, Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works have been done because they didn't repent. He said, Woe to you, Chorazin, and woe to you, Bethsaida. If the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in stackcloth and ashes. <laughs> yeah. So he's actually bringing judgment on the places that saw the most amazing display because they didn't respond appropriately to what they saw. Yeah. And he's actually saying that two sin filled cities. I think he goes on to talk about Sodom, which was burned with fire. Actually, if they'd seen what he... If, if they'd been around in his day, they would have repented, whereas Chorazin and Bethsaida didn't. Ouch. I mean, remember the story I told a few weeks ago now about in the boat, there they are. they only bought one loaf, and this is the same bunch of disciples who've seen the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. Jesus is expecting them to have learned the lesson of miracle provision now. Meanwhile, they're fighting over the fact that they feel, you feel like he's telling them off for only bringing one loaf, or he's actually talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. Yes. So he's, he's holding them. They're suddenly being tested. <clears throat> this is now the exam. The teaching was those two previous events. Yes. He's bringing them to account because they should have got the nutrients they needed out of those two vents. Yeah. Are, 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 are you getting this? Yeah. He's bringing Chorazin and Bethsaida to his account, saying actually the response to what the level of display of my presence was awesome <coughs> to the degree that such sin-filled cities would have changed. Yeah. Is this making sense? He wants us to embrace the miraculous yes. and be changed by it. So he's he's expecting that when we see things outside of the normal, that they actually cause his repentance, which isn't a heavy word; it's a change of mind and a change of heart. So that we are continually lining up more with his reality and moving out of our own, our own. A t- tendency in our culture to be very natural, very rationalistic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We also learn in that in that scripture that Jesus knows that miracles change cities. Yeah. Social action will not change this city. It yeah. Doesn't matter how many millions or billions of pounds we pour out how many faithful workers we have social action and the cry for justice i'm not saying neither of those things is important to do i'm just saying they won't actually change i think they will make a change but at a fundamental level the city changing ingredient revealed in the new testament is the display of the miraculous if you look through the book of Acts, it just pa- unpacks what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying that Tyre and Sidon, these difficult cities in Sodom, would have changed if they'd seen miracles. Sin cities change when they see miracles. And then you see the first evangelistic outreach with Philip does incredible signs of wonders, and in Samaria there's great joy in the city. In Ephesus, there's a deliverance of, of, a, of a woman, and it turns the whole city upside down. Because of what happens through them, the economy changes. Everything changes in that. There's a riot. There's absolute uproar because the miraculous breaks in. The kingdom of God arrives in a miraculous way. Yeah. In, in, in Philippi, they get a miraculous release from jail. The jailer and his whole family gets saved because they, the doors are swung open and bizarrely they don't walk out. Yeah. All the other stories of miraculous jail breaks in Scripture, they get out of there. Here, Paul and Silas, I think, stay in. Yeah. But the miracle changes the heart of a family, which then changes an, a, a whole city. Yeah. It's miracles that change cities. Yeah. It's miracles that change cities. Yeah. And miracles means all kinds of phenomena, all right? Yeah. It is healing, it is, but it's... it's the outpouring of heaven's heart into the earth's realities to change them to be more like heaven. (laughs) There's enough juice in one God intervention in a life to change a city. There's enough TNT, enough kaboom, there's enough uh, in <laughs> one outbreak <laughs> rightly fed upon and moved with to actually <clears throat> one jailbreak. One demonized woman. Turning point. Or or a bunch of, <laughs> I think it was Ephesus, there's a bunch of people who aren't even believers trying to cast out demons in Jesus' name and they all yeah. get beaten up. Yeah. These supernatural events are the things that kind of get cities' attention. And we're here to be the releases of such supernatural events in our city. And our, and our nation, and, and, and I trust many more like it, but like us, will be doing the same. <laughs> but are, are you happy yet? You're going quiet now. <laughs> what, why? Why do? Why do I want to see miracles? I'm, I'm not. I'm not here. You know, I keep telling you stuff that happens with us. It's not because I like, look at the notches on my belt. You know, I seen. I seen this. I want you to know. I seen. He will walk out of a wheelchair. Look at me. That's pretty sick. Yeah. That's not what I'm doing it for. I, I, I want to see God moving be miracles because I want people to see and know what He's really like. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that actually motivates me is that the, the earth would know the glory of God that he looks so spectacularly different to what most people think. That's why I want to see more. How are you doing? How's your hunger? How's your thirst? (laughs) So what happened with knife crime? Do you know how worship changed lives and saved lives? There are are people walking around in this city who would have been dead if you hadn't showed up to worship God that week. Wow, amazing. Amazing. I just want to, what I'm doing is saying, we've had this story, what does this mean? Let's stop a minute, and rather than going, woohoo, which is great, let's celebrate, let's go, oh my goodness, what just happened? Now, I'm not saying we're the only ones worshipping in the city. I'm not saying we're the only ones wanting to see change. But we're the ones that have the criminologists sitting there, and we're the ones who had the prophetic vision as we worshipped. So I'm just saying maybe there's a, what this, this can happen, maybe tons of people in this city, and I believe there are, praying for city change, praying for that. Maybe on this occasion, their prayer is getting answered through something that happened in our worship time. come on. Maybe stuff is happening through them that we're praying for. That will be, that's how God works, so that we're all seeing God break out, and none of us is like, yeah, we're the ones that changed the city all on our own. That's not what I'm talking about, but I am talking about valuing and seeing and understanding the thing that God just did with us, yeah. and that we don't miss it. We don't just go, we don't just use it as an oh, we've got another story. Wasn't that a great story? Yeah. That, it is a great story. I've been enjoying that story all week. But I want to know, God, what did you just do? Yeah. Why did you do it? What are you showing us? Is there is there some way in which we now need to adjust because of what you just showed us? Because yeah. He gave a prophetic word, a prophetic vision in the middle of worship yeah, okay. to show us something, which we then got facts and figures for a few weeks later to sh- to connect something up, so that we it's meant to make us go, huh? yeah. uh, uh, what? we'd like that again wouldn't we we'd like more favor so to get more favor we need to go oh what are the ways that he's showing us or maybe one of the things he's showing us that doesn't make sense to us is that actually showing up on Sunday and worshiping God with all our heart is spiritual warfare to the demons in the city and, yeah. and and there is a drift around. I don't know. It's here that. Well, why do we gather on a Sunday? Well, there's a really good reason right there. Yeah. Come and worship Jesus with all your heart. Yeah. God's going to beat up the devil for us yeah. while we do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, you we host His presence. So remember, I showed the picture last week. They hosted the presence in the tabernacle that affected a million people. Yeah. I believe we're affecting a million people because we're hosting His presence. Wow. With 170 people. Yeah. This is why we're here. Yeah. To receive, to recognize and receive the presence of God. Yeah. And in that process, we are... we are, I nearly used a word that's becoming a bad word now, but we become equipped and radical, because we're encountering him. So not only are things changing because we're here and more of him is landing on the planet just because we're here, we then go out with more of his, more equipped and bolder. To, yes. So we don't want to measure our church success by how many bums we have on seats, but how many world changes we have in the community. Yes. Our impact isn't just how many we gather, but how many we can send out there that are changing stuff that if we get more and more people that are doing that, happy day. So what just happened? People are living because you worshiped. That's worth landing in your spirit. That's worth lifting your faith when you come to it. That's worth showing up more. That's worth doing this better, louder, harder. Do, 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 Do you see what I'm saying? So... So if you remember my story where people started getting healed when I was talking. So this happened last summer and the first, I just did a preach, someone about two hours later came up to me and said, as you were speaking, this healing happened in my body and I'm like, ooh, that's exciting. And then I moved on. The next place I went to a few weeks later, exactly the same thing happened. Now he has my attention. Yeah? Yeah. So I don't pray for the sick. I I, I didn't even speak about healing. Somebody comes up to me and says, I got healed while you were talking. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Now I could have just gone, whoa, that's exciting, and moved on. But actually I'm learning, God, you're doing something. What are you showing me? Now I'm partnering with him. So he just did something with us in this realm of influence in the city. We can now intentionally partner with what he's shown us, yeah. yeah, he said, "Well, worship equals city transformation." Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that all just worship was really funny, but something happened in worship. Yeah. There's a shift happening in our worship, and our worship has been—we've had so much encouragement about the nature of our worship from people calling it world class to all that. But a lot of it is, is you guys. Yeah. It's not just that we have a great band and we do and yeah. great worship leaders and we do, but your guys' willingness to engage yeah. and give him, it, give him your all yeah. just changes the atmosphere so much. Yeah. I remember when some friends of ours, Ahab and Jessica, were through. They said, what is it you love about the worship in this place the most? And they were sitting on the front row and they said, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well done them. Well yeah. done you guys. Yeah. People are living and breathing in Glasgow who would have been dead if you hadn't engaged with God. Give yourself a good pat on the back. In fact, do it to one another. You saved a life in worship the other week. So what happens when, when miracles and supernatural events happen? <laughs> when miracles and supernatural events happen, it actually opens the windows of our, our mind to think, well, ooh, ooh, if he could do that, what else could he do? Ooh. I, I remember Phil, Phil Ford saying to me one day, when we'd just begun to see healings happen fairly regularly, and he was walking along and he said, well, if nothing's impossible, nothing's impossible. And he started to pray some stuff for some family and relational stuff that he was, and, and that started to change. Yeah. See, suddenly, if that penny drops, well, God, if God through worship can change the city, or wow, if if, if that can happen, then then then, yeah. wow, what what else could happen? We 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 could be just blessing the police force right now. Because more peace is breaking out in the city, less people are getting broken in on, less people are getting beaten up. Let let the, the police could be going, Whoa, got more time off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, what else? What else could happen? Yeah. We're talking last week. about mean, prophetic insight into lost people, or yeah. that's possible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know it's impossible from an earth point of view, but from a heaven point of view, it's totally possible. Yeah. The whole atmosphere if we can shift this bit of the city atmosphere, yeah. what else could get shifted? Yeah. Yeah. What about the drink and the drug culture yeah. and the need to shoot up and all the things that drive all of those things? Yeah. Yeah. Could that change too? Yeah. And if in my mind this is what happens in my head, I'm like, ooh, ooh that. And that means God you could be ooh, and that yeah. God if, if I can see if I can see a knee healed, then I can see a eye healed. If I'm going to see an eye healed, I can see a cancer healed. If I see a cancer healed, I can see arthritis healed. If I can see, because there's no limit with him. And every time he does something, it's a window into the possibilities of heaven. Yeah. That's the, every, every one of those things that you see or hear about or happens to you is a window into the possibilities of heaven invading you. Yeah. Amen. We mustn't see them as like, oh, that was just a little sovereign drop. Hmm, maybe something lucky will happen to me next time. I don't believe that's Jesus is saying. Yeah. Moses is saying that's not how God works. He does these things to show us his ways so that we can then partner with him so that we get more favor. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <Great. laughs> People who live like this live increasingly out of joint with earth and more in flow with heaven. If you want to fit in, don't do this. If you want to change the world, come and join us. Because his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our, our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, but he's inviting us in to a partnership with his ways. I think there's new levels of surrender coming. You know, We sing songs about I give you my all, but actually that isn't about how much you put in the offering, although it could be is isn't even about, Lord, if you want me to move house, I will, although it could be. It's actually about how much of you are you willing to let him have? How much of you, your lifestyle, your thinking, your behaviors with your friends, how you do your job, how much of you are are we allowing him to invade and overtake? Huh. So we, we, we increasingly partner with his ways and do, therefore do his deeds and walk in, walk in his favor. Amen. up for sucking the goodness out of the miracles of God. Yeah. Come on. We're going to change a city. Just imagine what could happen. I'm super excited about this. Yeah. Just if this could happen, look think what else could happen. And the other thing that's been happening with us is I was telling you last week, I just want to finish with this. I think Jan's got a prophetic word, but is an increase or something that I'm sort of feeding on is over the last sort of eight weeks, Theresa and I, we've seen people with serious eyesight difficulties get their sight back. People with serious hearing difficulties get their hearing back, and it's medley, medically confirmed. <clears throat> we did a thing where we broke the fear of arthritis in a room, and f- about four people instantly had their pain, arthritic pain, leave their bodies. In yeah. another situation, I was praying with someone with asthma for a co- better connection with the heart of the Father. And, and as they got that connection with the heart of the Father, we just said, Well, why don't you ask them to take your asthma away? And instantly it went, and they started jumping up and down with with joy. And one of the, I'm saying, what is my learning now? What am I learning now? What do you show me? What do you show me? What you showing? One of the things I'm learning is ease. Some of these things I didn't even know were happening. And all of them didn't take any effort from me.